Welcome to People Who Wrote Books, a podcast about people who wrote books. I am your host, Andrea, and I am going to tell you the stories of some of my personal favorite authors. And today's story begins with the classic television show, Jane the Virgin. I loved the show. No shame. I know it was corny and over the top, and that is exactly why I loved it. I also love Gina Rodriguez, the star. Side note, she has a new show out now called Not Dead Yet, which I also love. She, in this show, she is writing obituaries and the people who have passed away uh, that she's writing the obituaries about visit her and she learns lessons and it's amazing and I am totally off track. Yes, I recognize that. Back to the story. In Jane the Virgin, the TV show, the character of Jane was an aspiring author and happened to be a huge fan of Isabel Allende. And this part of the story, it carries all the way through to an incredible scene in season four when Jane gets the opportunity to meet Isabel. And it is truly everything you would dream that meeting your favorite author would be. So Jane gushes and rambles like any bibliophile would do in this moment. And then Isabel gives beautiful advice about passion, which will come up again later, and tells Jane that she is the reader that she always imagined. Just absolutely beautiful. And the more I learned about Isabel, I think that's exactly what she would do in this situation. So this is the moment when I personally began reading Isabel Allende books. And honestly, I'm not really reading her books in any particular order. I just pick up what I find at the used bookstore. I love used bookstores. There's something amazing and magical about taking a book that someone else has enjoyed. And so far I have enjoyed everything that I have read. And so I just keep purchasing more and keep enjoying them. And Isabel Allende's genre is referred to as magical realism. Like, how cool is that? That is the best genre title. Um, Side note, I did realize when editing the last episode that I use the word cool a lot. And I've decided to just embrace it because, you know, it's cool. So we're moving forward. What is magical realism? Basically, it's this wonderful space where it feels real and the storyline is real and there's empowered, usually female characters. But then there are these little sparks of magic that happen that you can't quite explain. And it really is. She talks about passion frequently. She talked about it in that episode of Jane the Virgin. We're going to get to it again in a little bit. But it's the passion. And the passion in her books is what makes magic in real life. They're really cool books. I am totally off track now and ahead of myself because I'm supposed to be telling you the story of the author. So let's go back to the beginning. Isabella Lende was born on August 2nd, 1942 in Lima, Peru. She was the daughter of Francisca Lona Barro, who went by the nickname Panchita, and Toma Allende. And at the time, her father was second secretary of the Chilean embassy. Now, in 1945, her dad left the family 
and her mother moved with Isabel and her two older siblings back to Santiago, Chile. Isabel was really young when this happened, like she was two or three, but I think this situation had a profound influence on her life. So they moved back to Santiago and immediately Isabel's grandfather had to take control of the finances because her mother was a woman. Therefore, she was not allowed to do that. And then when the marriage was officially annulled, her mother was excommunicated by her church. Now, I know that these were common practices during that time, but it sucked. Excuse my language, but it did. And even little Isabel knew that this wasn't right. So at a young age, her mother even took her to the doctor because she thought something was wrong with Isabel, like a tapeworm or something, because Isabel was so upset about the treatment of her mother and women in their society. And even though I know that we still have a long way to go with women's rights, it is also important that we keep in mind that this, these actions, um, these types of beliefs, this is recent history. This wasn't that long ago. And I think it's important that we remember that. Okay, now back to the story. In 1953, so what is that? Eight years later, her mother remarried to a man named Ramon. And Ramon was a diplomat who was appointed to Bolivia and Beirut. So at this point, she became the daughter of a diplomat, and therefore the family was moving around a lot. So she went to a couple of different private schools, and she was actually even homeschooled for a while. And she married pretty young. Her first marriage was to a man named Miguel Frias, and this happened in 1962. So that means 1962. Isabel was only 20 years old when she married for the first time. And then her daughter, Paula, was born the next year in 1963. So she was a very young mother. And then she had a son, Nicholas, who was born in 1966, which happens to also be the same year that they moved back to Chile. Now, throughout the late 60s and the early 70s, Isabel was working and she obviously enjoyed writing and journalism. She worked for some magazines as an editor. She wrote a couple of children's stories and she even did a little bit of work in television production. But my favorite part of this time in her life was the fact that she worked for a while as an English translator for Spanish romance novels, but she actually got let go because she would change the story when she translated it in order to make the heroines smarter. I think that's really cool. Uh, I love that she did that. And that is a good reason to be fired. Also, during this time, she had a lot of cool stuff going on in the late 60s, early 70s. She co-founded and wrote for a magazine called Paula, which was the first feminist magazine in Chile. Very cool. She talks about how during that time in Chile, society really painted this idea that being a feminist was really unappealing, you know, as a patriarchal society would. And she has this great quote, which is her response to people who don't like the word feminist. And she says, and I quote, you don't like the word, don't use it, change it. It doesn't matter. Just do the work. Now we have to go some, things get really interesting here. And, um, 
Her biological father, so Toma, who again left them when she was two, and I'm not quite sure if there was really much of a connection at all. Regardless, her biological father was the first cousin of a man named Salvador Allende. And Salvador Allende had been in politics in Chile, and he was actually elected the president in 1970. And this was quite a wild departure from the right, the, the way the government had been, because Allende was a Marxist who was who sought to nationalize major industries. He wanted to expand education and he wanted to improve the living standards of the working class. And what he was doing was really not supported by the party that controlled Congress. So a military coup was formed to oust Salvador Allende, and that happened in 1973. And just a side note, that was also the coup was supported by the United States CIA. And Salvador Allende did end up committing suicide during this time. Isabel, however, during this time, was helping people who were on the wanted list to escape the country. And she continued to do this until she ended up on the wanted list herself. And that is when she moved to Venezuela. And she ended up living there for 13 years. Now, in 1981, while she was still in Venezuela, she received a phone call that her 99-year-old grandfather was dying. She wasn't going to be able to go back to him or to see him. So she began channeling her grief into a letter, you know, writing a letter to, to keep his spirit alive. And that letter eventually evolved into her first novel. House of Spirits, her first novel, was published in 1982. And I want to bring up the fact that she was 40 years old when her first novel was published. At this point, she has written 26 books. And to think that she didn't start until she was 40. In addition, she is quoted as saying that she doesn't know if she would ever have become a writer if she had not left Chile. Because in Chile, it was a patriarchal society and she was really meant to be the wife and mother. And she got out of that in Venezuela. So even though I can't imagine what life would have been like to be exiled and to not be able to be with your family during some of these events in life, you just don't know where your life experiences are going to lead you. And I think a lot of that, uh, the happenstance of life, the coincidences, the things, I think you can hear a lot of that in her writing. It really is part of what makes her books magical. And I also love that she continues, she has this tradition that she starts writing a new book on January 8th. And the reason for that is because that was the day that she received the call about her grandpa that resulted in her writing the letter that became her first book. How cool is that? Like really, that is, she's just, she's awesome. Anyway, Isabel and her first husband divorced in 1987. And also in 1987, she published her fourth book, That's right. So she started with her first book in 1982. By 1987, she's on her fourth book. And then in 1988, when she is on tour promoting that book, she met a man named Willie Gordon, and they married the same year. Now, in 1991, her daughter Paula 
was given the wrong medication for a blood disorder that she had, and it went to her brain and caused her to fall into a coma for five months, which then left her in a vegetative state. And Isabel took her home and took care of her while she could. And Paula died on December 6, 1992. She was only 28 years old and she passed away peacefully in her mother's arms. I will never begin to understand, imagine the grief that Isabel would have been feeling at this time. And what Isabel did with that is she wrote. And so in 1994, which was two years after Paula passed away, Isabel published a book called Paula. And this book is often referred to as a soul-bearing memoir. And it includes her exile to Venezuela and, of course, the passing of her daughter. And she states that she has received more letters in response to this book than any of her other books. And I just, for her to go through the amount of trauma that she has went through by this point, and then she becomes so beautifully vulnerable and writes this memoir and publishes it and puts it out there into the world. And this is the first time until then she'd been writing fiction. This is a memoir. This is nonfiction. She puts it out into the world in order to help others with grief. I just, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. This book was published in 1994. Also in 1994, Isabel became the first woman to receive the Order of Gabriela Mistral. This award was established in 1977 and is conferred by the Minister of Education to Chileans who have made an outstanding contribution benefiting education, culture, and the advancement of teaching. The same year, 1994, she was also inducted into the Marian Women's Hall of Fame and awarded Feminist of the Year by the Feminist Majority Foundation. And I just want to say, this is the tip of the iceberg. I'm not going to go into all of her accolades and honorary degrees. Uh, You can find lists of them on her website and also on Wikipedia. She has so many honors that have been bestowed upon her. And yes, many of them are for her work as an author. But there are just as many that are recognizing the fact that she is an awesome human being. So let's go back to this awesome human being in 1995. After three years of what she referred to as emotional paralysis following the death of her daughter, her husband and friend convinced her to take a trip to India. And during that trip, she had this profound experience where an Indian woman attempted to get Isabel to take her newborn baby. She actually put this child, wrapped the child up, put it in her arms and ran away. And after the experience, the guide very nonchalantly said, well, yes, that's because it was a baby girl. And this is the moment when Isabel decided that she wanted to form a foundation to honor her daughter by supporting the empowerment of women and girls worldwide. So the Isabel Lunday Foundation was founded in 1995, and it is still an active foundation. 
and their mission is, and I quote, we invest in the power of women and girls to secure reproductive rights, economic independence, and freedom from violence. What a beautiful way to honor her daughter. Anyway, so after that, um, Isabel continues to write and be an awesome human being. And in 2007, she did a TED Talk called Tales of Passion. I just want to mention that the first TED Talk was in 2006. So she was definitely on the cutting edge of this platform. And it's a really cool TED Talk and it has 5.3 million views. Obviously it's been up for many years, so it's gonna have more views, but it has 5.3 million views. She also did another TED Talk in 2014 titled How to Live Passionately No Matter Your Age. And this is, both of these just go back to what you see in the way she lives her life, and that is passion, and that she truly, she truly believes in passion and the heart and being led through life with that. And so, you know, I learned so much about Isabella Lende as I was researching for this. And what I realized, though, watching her TED Talks is that in addition to the fact that she is talented, her activism, her passion, she is also really funny. These are very enjoyable TED Talks. I highly recommend them. Now, in 2015, Isabel and Willie, her second husband, divorced, and she married Roger Cuckress in 2019. So she is now on her third marriage with Roger. And her novels at this point have been translated into more than 42 languages and have sold more than 77 million copies. And she is still writing. Her most recent novel, Violetta, was released in 2022. And I just, to think about Again, this idea of what she writes about. She writes about empowered women, and then she writes about passion. And that is so, it's so accepted by the world or needed by the world, or uh, I don't know, I don't know the right words for it, but just the fact that it has been translated into 42 languages and sold 77 million copies. Like her work is valuable and needed within this world. And I really appreciate everything she's done. I hope you enjoyed learning just a little bit more about Isabel Allende. And remember, behind every great book is a person who wrote it. And in this case, that person is a badass feminist with a Presidential Medal of Freedom. Oh yeah, did I tell you that part? Yeah, she was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2014. Seriously, she is such a badass.